Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just turn your palms towards heaven. You're, you're in an incredibly, incredibly sacred place. I want you if you realize this. But standing right beside you is God's favorite human being. You probably didn't even realize that. Like, wow. You are standing in the presence of greatness. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you tonight for the person on my left and the person on my right. I ask that you would bless them minister to them bring a breakthrough bring a miracle if you'll do that for them I'll praise you like I'm the one that's receiving in Jesus name amen come on one more time give the Lord a great praise hallelujah hallelujah what an honor to be back with God's favorite campus El Cajon How many people know there's no way that I can even think of preaching unless I prophesy over Will Turner wearing his prophesy shirt? You can't, you can't come to church with a bright fluorescent shirt and not get a prophecy. Come and stand here, Will Turner. Stretch your hands out to Will Turner. Will Turner, what a, what a magnificent human you are. I love Will. I love his family. And, uh, you know, I just found out, you know, Kayla's going through some stuff with, you know, some loss in family. But I'm, I just heard the Lord say that uh, even though there's a, a grieving and it's a right grieving and a loss, there's a peace with your father-in-law. There's a peace that's there. But I saw the Lord saying, you make sure you prophesy over Will. Because as you have stepped up and as you, as you have stepped into the things of God and the things of the kingdom, not only are you experiencing things you, you, that you never thought you'd experience, the, the breakthroughs, the life, the, the things that are important to you today. Ten years ago, if someone would have told you, you would have said, man, you've got rocks in your head. But the Lord would just say that you've, you've, you, you've literally, I literally saw uh, from heaven almost like this red carpet rolled out. That you have favor in heaven. You have favor when you pray. God wanted me to tell you, Will Turner, you have favor when you ask. You have favor when you pray. There's, there's nothing too big for God to give it to you. Whether it's contracts, whether it's needs, whether it's debts paid off, whether it's property, whatever it is, the Lord would say, you ask, you ask. And I just saw these words, I saw unprecedented favor. Unprecedented favor. You're, you've got work colleagues who give you a little bit of a hard time. Uh, you know, your faith and, and everything and, and f friends who, who've known you from before, but they're going to look and they're, they're, they're going to scratch their heads because they're going to say, Will Turner walks in unprecedented favor. 
his marriage, his wife, his beautiful bride, his magnificent children, everything he touches prospers. He's always, they're going to see, you don't have to argue with them. You don't have to do apologetics with them. You don't have to do creation versus evolution with them. They're just going to see that God is real because there's no other explanation for the unprecedented favor that Will Turner is walking in. He loves you. He loves you, Will. His favor's on you. His hand's upon you. And his blessing is toward you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you, Will. Here's one of the most faithful people that I know. Can we thank the musicians and singers? Thank you so much. Some of these guys were serving at Hero and playing. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Go ahead and grab a seat. Go and, go and take a, a load off. Um, uh, the title of my, my message tonight, if I can find it, is Kingdom Keys for Peace. Kingdom Keys for Peace. The devil doesn't want you to believe that you can have peace, but Jesus says, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. The Bible says that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So you need to understand that peace and God go together. In fact, the Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. This is, this is how, how I would make decisions in the early days, uh, David making as I was getting to know the voice of God and, and was trying to figure out whether this was God, whether it's just as my thoughts, whether I had too much pizza, uh, just trying to discern. Whenever God speaks, there's peace. We saw Jesus in the middle of a storm with disciples who were experienced fishermen losing it. And then Jesus speaks in the middle of the storm and peace follows. If you think you're here and it doesn't bring peace, I won't make a decision unless I have peace. Sometimes, sometimes I ha I've had counsel. I've had people say that you need to go this way. You need to do this thing. And on paper, it looked like they were 100% right. Oh my gosh, I need to go this way. I need to do this thing. I need to invest in this. I need to invest right now. But man, I just, I couldn't get a peace. And every time I listened to the peace, blessing. Every time I ignored the peace and went with the, the, the counsel, loss, pain, devastation. So the Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. If you're born again, which I'm telling you is the best thing you can do, get born again, receive Jesus Christ. He comes and lives on the inside of you, and it's like you have an internal compass that'll help you navigate through the landmines and storms of life to get to your safe harbors, to get to your destination, to make it through the minefield without stepping on a mine. You, you, you'll live because of that peace of God, the spirit of truth leading you. It's an amazing thing. So uh, real quick, shameless plug. Um, I preached a message. I was, I was so tempted to preach here tonight, but um, I'm doing this one instead. <laughs> but I preached a message called Lessons from the Invited. It's up on podcasts. It's even on our YouTube uh, channel. It's worth listening to. Powerful message. But we've got a different message tonight. So come with me. Gospel of Luke chapter 11. Gospel of Luke chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 21. Luke chapter 11. Yell out when you're there. Luke chapter 11. Or it might be on the screen behind me. Is it? It is. There it is. And I'm reading from the New King James translation. Same one Jesus used. Just same one Jesus used. New King James. 
says, when a strong man, everyone say strong man. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. And divides his spoils. This, this scripture, Jesus is talking in context of casting out demons and the the Pharisees, the religious people of his day were saying, oh, he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the, the prince of demons, the chief of demons. And Jesus, like you nitwits, if the kingdom of Satan is divided, how can his kingdom stand? Any house that's divided cannot stand. He says, however, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And then he says, when a strong man, and the strong man in this, in this instance, the reference is a demon. If a demon with its strength and with its armory is, is, is uh, possessing a person or oppressing a person or occupying a region, he says, you can't unshift it. You can't uh, dislodge it. Unless someone stronger than he comes, then he must overpower it, take away the armor which he trusted, and then he's able to, to plunder. God is God most high. In the spiritual realm, it doesn't matter how much the demons pipe off. It doesn't matter how much the devil tries to boast. I'm telling you, they ain't a match for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the demons believe in Jesus and they tremble. If you've ever cast demons out of people, you find that they shake, they beg, they shriek, they tremble with fear. They, 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 they know that they don't want to mess with God. They will test you, though, to see whether you know that the God in you is greater than them. They, they will test you on that. But I want to do a little bit of a flip tonight because I want to talk to you about, about peace. I remember watching years ago the movie Air Force One with Harrison Ford. And it opens up, he's doing this speech to the United Nations or somewhere. And he says that peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. So let me, let me give you three thoughts tonight. The first one is strength in God. Strength in God. And then we're going to pray for people, and I promise you, you're going to live different. So when a strong man, fully armed, guards his palace, his goods are in peace. So the first one is strong man, is strength in God. Strength in God. The, 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 the devil knows that if you... Try to fight him in your strength. You're no match for him. He's supernatural. You're just natural. You have access to the supernatural. However, what terrifies the devil is that when you and I get filled with power, Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. The devil is terrified of the man or the woman whose strength is in God. That's why Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Let's leave the scripture up there. Let's keep going. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against all the wiles of the devil. Some translations against all the wiles of the evil one. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. 
Our wrestle's not against other people. Our wrestle is against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith by which you may be able to extinguish one or two, excuse me, uh, by which you may be able to extinguish a few, sorry, by which you may be able to extinguish some, sorry, by which you'll be able to extinguish most. Man, you guys are a persistent bunch. <laughs> by which you're able to extinguish all. Now, how many of you know that all means all? All the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take their helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And it goes, it's just incredible. One of my favorite passages of Scripture. So the Bible says that, that, that if you clothe yourself in the strength of God, you'll walk in the power of God. You and I are called to, 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 to engage in a spiritual battle. Three times in Joshua chapter 1, God speaks to Joshua and he says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. There's a strength that is available to you and I that doesn't run out, that doesn't tire, that doesn't grow weary. My, my, my oldest son is, is, a, is a workout fanatic. He, he loves to work out and he's ripped and he's fit. And he says that, that the greatest goal in the gym is to fail. He says all progress happens at failure. He says you lift a weight till you fail. You do reps till you fail. You do an exercise till you fail. Then you've pushed the muscle beyond what, and then it will repair and rebuild stronger. Human muscles fail. Human strength fails. But there's a strength that's available to you and I that never fails that never folds, that never wearies, that never breaks down. It's the strength of God. That's why Paul writes, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Because when you're strong in the Lord, you access a power. There's a story in Exodus 18 where Moses goes up onto the mountain and he says to Joshua, Joshua, the Amalekite army is coming in. I want you to take the the Israelite army and go and do battle in the valley, I'm actually going to climb up on top of the mountain with the rod of God, the same rod that opened up the Red Sea, the same rod that brought water out of a rock, the same rod that brought quail in the, that rod. And I'm going to lift it up and I'm going to lift it up to the Lord. And he says, and as I'm lifting it up, God is going to God is going to move on our behalf. And the Bible says, while Moses stood on the mountain with the rod exalted, the Israelites were victorious. And then it says this, but Moses' arms became weary. And as Moses' arms became weary and he dropped the rod, the Bible says that the Amalekites began to prevail. So when the leader, when the pastor, when the man of God became weary, there were casualties in the valley. When the man of God, when the leader, when the minister of God, when the man of God became weary, there were casualties in the valley. So Aaron and Hur came up and they said to, to Moses, sit on this rock and we can't hold the rod, but we can hold your arms. And so they held his arms up 
until the sun was setting. And the Bible says as Moses was up there on the mountain with Aaron on one side and Moses on the other. It's an incredibly powerful picture. It's, it's a picture. It's a, it, God was Instagram posting the cross about 3,000 years 3,200 years before the cross because when Joshua looked up on the mountain in the battle, he saw three men like this. It was a picture of Jesus between the two thieves up on the cross. The devil's so stupid, he nailed Jesus' hands up there. Even when he was tired, he couldn't bring him down. That's how dumb the devil is. Human strength runs out. Human strength has an expiration. God's strength doesn't. God wants you to operate in his strength. So how, how, how do we operate in God's strength? That's a great question. How, how do I have strength in God? The strength of God is his word. The strength of God is his word. God, God, God has power in the word and the word operates in power. God watches over his word to perform it. When God wanted to save mankind, you know what he did? He sent his word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word walked among Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. And then they crucified the word. The devil thought, yes, finally I've beaten the word of God. But the word of God needed to be crucified because the word of God hadn't yet conquered death. So the word of God overcame death and went into death. You know, kind of tore a hole in death, ruined death, kind of got up. And I'm glad he doesn't apologize, you know, but he, he kind of... Sorry about that, guys. I, I ruined death for everybody. And, uh, and hell, while you're at it, is got a, you don't need to go to hell. And you don't, Jesus has conquered the grave. He has conquered hell. He has conquered eternity. That's why Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word endureth forever. Jesus has power. That power is released in your life by the word. In fact, I would even say this to you, that the level of word in your life is the level of power in your life. God said to me many years ago, if you will live in my word, my word will live in you. I'm not smart enough to do what we're doing in San Diego just as a caveat. I'm not smart enough to get a building like this, to fit it out like this, to, 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 to you know, finance it. And fi I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart. All I've made a decision, I'm just going to be obedient. If he speaks, I'm doing whatever he tells me to do. That was the first command that, that did you know, that, that was the first command that preceded the first miracle. What was the first miracle Jesus did? He turned what? Water into wine. What did Mary say? Whatever he tells you to do, do it. I'm taking a leaf out of Mary's book. Whatever Jesus tells me to do, I've just done it. And I experienced the supernatural. The power is in his word. The power is in his word. We see this. If you ever, if you ever read in, in the Bible where, where God is angry with Moses... Moses was anointed by God to take the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. But if you read the story, which we always encourage, if you read the story, Moses actually, God gets so angry with him. He says, you know what? Because you struck the rock twice, you're not going to take them across the promised land. Joshua is, but you know what? Because I'm benevolent, I'm going to let you go up onto the mountain. I'm going to show you from Mount Nebo, the promised land, but you're not going to cross over. So then Moses kind of lets God calm down for a couple of days, thinks maybe he's just had a bad hair day. And then a few days later, Moses is like, come on, God, look at all the things I've done. Come on, let, let me go over. And God is so ticked with him. He says, don't bring it up again. So you think of man like this gracious God. 
Why, why would he be so? Because the first time Moses struck the rock, water flowed out. Now, towards the end of the 40 years, they're standing at the rock of Meribah, and God says to Moses, speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. But because the, all the people were complaining, God, God had been elevating the beautiful people around Moses. Moses had put his spirit on them, and they were prophesying, and they were leading and everything. They were like, well, hang on. We can also prophesy. Why do we need to? And so there was this. So Moses was a little bit threatened, a little bit insecure. So he said to the people, he says, must we bring water for you rebels out of this rock? And he went back to, he disobeyed God. God said, speak to the rock. He struck the rock, nothing happened. So he struck it a second time and then the water flowed and God was angry with him. The reason God was angry with him was Moses exalted himself above God. Moses wanted them to have faith in him, in him as their leader, in him as the chosen man of God, as him as the anointed man of God. Moses' assignment, my assignment, my assignment isn't to draw you to me and, oh, you know, if only Pastor Jürgen can come to the hospital, if only Pastor Jürgen can pray for me. My job is to actually pick up where Moses left off. Moses was meant to speak to the, the rock so that they saw that, putting trust in God's word, that if you put your faith in God's word, that God's word in your mouth is as powerful as God's word in God's mouth because it's God's word. God wants to put his word in your mouth. He wants you to begin to prophesy. He wants you to begin to declare things so, we, so we're strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. You know, we, we saw DJ do such a fabulous job in Hero where the devil came and tempted him. And three times, how did, how did Jesus defeat the devil? He just said, devil, it is written. It is written. It is written. Three times Jesus whooped the devil just by it is written, just declaring the word of God. It is written, the word of God. That's why the devil wants a biblically illiterate generation. The devil doesn't want the Bible taught in schools. He doesn't want the Bible taught in our colleges and universities. He, he, Harvard started off as a, as a seminary to train ministers. Veritas means truth. And, uh, but today it's, it's just a shadow and a shell of what it, what it once was. And it's filled with atheism and humanism and all kinds of perversion and wickedness because the devil is terrified of the Word of God. The Word of God defeated him. The Word of God crushed his head. The Word of God ruined death. The Word of God overcomes. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word endures forever. The question is, how much of this Word is on the inside of you? How much of this Word is on the inside of you? Don't put your trust in anything else. There's a beautiful story, and I've got to finish. I didn't share it this morning in staff meeting, but I'll share it with you. David, King David, before he became king, twice, Will Turner, had the opportunity to kill King Saul. King Saul, it says, dispatched 3,000 of his elite soldiers, 3,000 Navy SEALs, his elite, 3,000 of his special ops guys to go and hunt for David and to kill David. Twice in one of those moments, God literally positioned Saul in a vulnerable place where David could have struck him with the sword, put it down as self-defense, and taken the crown. He was anointed by, by Samuel to be king. It was prophesied that he was king. All the people knew that he was going to be the successor. 
Saul is there, and both times David refuses to strike Saul. Why? Because David knew that if his arm would have secured him the kingdom, then his arm would have to defend and maintain the kingdom. But he knew if the arm of God secured it, the arm of God will sustain it. You don't want to operate in the strength of men. You don't want to operate in the arm of the flesh. We have, we have people all the time, and they, they misunderstand. They're like, oh, you've got eight campuses. Oh, where's the next campus that you want to plant? I'm like, I didn't even want to have eight. You know, like it's just, I'm just, anyway. And so, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not driven. I'm the, I don't look at cities. And, so, and someone's like, oh, you're going to have one in Hawaii? I'm like, no, because I want to go there for vacation. I don't want to go there for work. I just want to, I just, you know. And, but, but people think, people think that, 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 that I'm... And there are a lot of people, I see them, they're driven to plant here and to plant a church there. And I'm like, dear God, did you even like counsel with God whether he's in it? And they're like, oh, well, we can do it. Like, look how awesome we are. And all we do is we just have awesome praise and awesome worship and awesome programs and awesome, you know. And I, ah, man, if you begin it with the arm of the flesh, you got to sustain it with the arm of the flesh. The most important thing, always build on the Word of God. Always build in the will of God. How do I know what the will of God is, Pastor? It's so simple. God, God always words his will and his will is in his word. His word is his will and his will is his word. If it's in the word, it's his will. God doesn't speak something he doesn't will and God doesn't will something he doesn't speak. All righty, okay. I was about to move on and then you gave me that naughty little pause. What's he mean by that? Like God, if he wills, all right. Was it God's will for there to be light? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. It was God's will for there to be light. So we know it was God's will for there to be light. Then how did the light come to be? It didn't come just because it was his will. It didn't come till he spoke. Let there be light. Then light was. It was his will before he spoke it. A great deception a great lie from the religious people. Well, if it's God's will, it just automatically happen. Sorry, bub. There's a lot of things that are God's will. God gave his word to release his will. Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Jesus was the word in operation. He was the word in motion. He was the word in movement. He was the word showing God's will. Jesus, why was this man born blind? Was it his sin or was it his mama and papa's sin? Which is probably the dumbest question in the world. Was it his sin? Yeah. When he was in the womb, he had a casino in there. You know, he was, he was a drug dealer in there. He was smoking on a joint like in the ultrasound. What a stupid question. Was it his sin or his parents' sin? And Jesus like, you turkey. Well, he didn't say you turkeys, but he said, he's like, oh, gosh. He says, Neither. He says, but so that God can be glorified. This man is, is living in God's permissible will. But the word will take you from God's permissible will to God's perfect will. Because God gave you a free will, he'll let you make dumb choices. 
You know, past, uh, beautiful uh, Brian Yarber was talking about how because he tithed, he got a magnificent son-in-law. You know, Leanne's dad never tithed a nickel. <laughs> there are consequences, I'm just saying. The most beautiful thing about the Word of God is the Word of God has redeemed me. I've made dumb choices, bad choices, bad financial investments. Oh, my gosh. But you can come to the Word of God, and God, because He gave you a free will, He, he permits. There is, there's so much of what happened. I don't understand. How come that person died? How come that person was killed in a car accident? Because God gave people free will. The other person shouldn't have got behind the wheel drunk. Bad Bad things happen because we live in a world where it's not only God's will. If anybody ever tells you that, you know, oh, you know, there's only one will in the world, then why would Jesus say, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because his will isn't being done on the earth. Your will is being done. Your will is the dominant will. In fact, can I just tell you, God's will can't be operational in your life till you make God's will your will. You've got to come to the place where you say, not my will, thy will be done. You've got to cross that line. Anyway, I digress. Oh, dear Jesus. All right, well, I'm, I'm, okay, so number two, point number two. This is my favorite up, favorite one, armored up. Point number two, when a strong man fully armed. When we came to San Diego, the, all, all the pastors, I met with all these pastors, and they're like, yeah, if you want to build a big church, whatever you do, just don't go spirit-filled. Yeah, we looked you up on the internet. We heard you speaking in tongues. And yeah, that's not going to fly here. No, 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 no. If you want to build a big church, all the big churches are seeker friendly. Seeker friendly? Why don't you just say powerless? Why don't you just say that? The definition of seeker-friendly is we hide God in case he turns... And then if, if God was to break out and move, they're like, hang on, whoa, whoa, excuse me. What are you doing? Get behind your curtain. Oh. I know you want to move and touch people. No, no, listen, stop. If they see you, you'll turn them off. We're trying to get them to you, but if they see you, oh, God. Just trust me. Go back behind... I'm actually smart enough to realize the greatest thing we can do is let God move. When you see him, my God, when you see his power, when you see his might, our assignment here is to armor up. Put on the whole armor of God. We want you armored up because we are in a spiritual warfare. There's no peace unless you are armored up. A strong man, fully armed. Our job is to equip you with the gifts of the Holy Ghost, with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, Jesus says, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power. You will be clothed. In other words, there'll be a, there'll be a clothing that comes on you of power. You're not just blessed with power. You're not just given authority. You are clothed with power. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation, the belt of truth. You'll notice the belt of truth is introduced first because 
because it's the belt of truth that holds everything together. You can't have righteousness without truth. If you're not telling the truth, there's no righteousness. You can't have a helmet of salvation if you're believing all kinds of lies. I, I was telling the, the team this morning, I honestly believe that 2020 was God. God allowed 2020. More The, the greatest lies that we've experienced in our lifetime were unleashed on the world and God was testing he was doing a, a test he had his measuring rods out he was trying to measure how much truth is in my pulpits how much truth is in my church how much truth is in my pastors how much truth is in my leaders wokeness is where we we discard God's truth to try to fit in with the world's philosophies we don't got time for that I don't I don't I don't need to come into alignment with the world but I do need to be in alignment with God because when, whatever you're in alignment with flows in your life. If I'm in alignment with God's word, like Jesus was, it is written, it is written, it is written. Demons flee. Sicknesses are healed. The dead are raised. Miracles happen. Power flows when you come into alignment. So we, we stand for truth. We will preach the truth. But the truth's offensive. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are offensive. But the truth, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We want, we want, we, in this church, I'm telling you, once you get saved, the next thing is, we don't say, hey, now that you're saved, you know, warm a seat, take a pew, write a check. It's most churches, I'm like, what? We're just beginning. You just got on this wagon. The next thing is there's a baptism of the Holy Ghost where you get baptized with power, the Spirit of the living God fills you. You'll speak in languages you've never learned. You'll begin to prophesy. You'll, you'll get words of wisdom, words of knowledge. You'll operate in faith. You'll operate in the healing, gifts of healing and the working of miracles. All of a sudden, your, 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 your Christian life gets turbocharged, supercharged. You are meant to walk in power. You know why? Because you have a supernatural enemy. You have a supernatural foe. But here's the thing. I have these people praying for me. Oh, pastor, we're praying that none of the devil's arrows get anywhere near you. I'm like, why would you pray that? And I'm kind. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. But I'm like, God, you know, feel free. Ignore that prayer. I'm not scared of the devil's arrows. Because my Bible tells me that I have a shield called the shield of faith. And the Bible says that the, the shield of faith and taking up the shield of faith by which I'm able to extinguish a few, excuse me, some, sorry, sorry, most, sorry, I can take the shield of, what? I can walk into hell itself. Satan can have his archers fire and I can take down every single arrow. I don't need to fear the devil. The devil fears you. The devil fears an armored up, walking in power, son or daughter of the most high God. The devil fears a man or woman that is clothed with power from on high. The devil is terrified of Christians that walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't need to fear the devil. He's terrified of you. So in this house, we want people filled with power. We want you fully armored up. And the last one, the last one is guard your palace. A strong man, fully armed, guards his palace. To guard his palace means he's just diligent. He's dil Did you know the first man, Adam, first man God creates Adam, and then he puts him in a garden to tend and to keep the garden. A serpent comes and starts piping off to his wife about 
not trusting God. What Adam should have done was, sorry, Eve, sorry about that. Tonight, veed meat. Sneakers on the menu. But because he didn't crush it, he had to wait for DJ to do it. Jesus had to come 4,000 years later and crush the serpent's head. If you look at the story of Samson, it's, it's, a, it's a sad story. He was clothed with power. He was clothed with power. They said, man, what's the, Delilah, what, find out the secret of his power. No matter what we do, we can't capture him. We can't defeat him. We're terrified of him. What's the secret of his power? But because of his lack of diligence, because of his lack of discipline, he's not allowed to drink wine, so he goes to the vineyards of Timnah. If you're not allowed to drink wine, why are you at vineyards? He's always flirting with the forbidden. Show me your disciplines and I'll tell you your destiny. The destiny that God had for Samson. But his disciplines wouldn't line up with that. Every day, Leanne and I start the day in the word of God. I, 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 I get almost like withdrawals. I get shakes. I feel discombobulated if I don't start the day with a coffee reading my Bible. Once, once I've finished my daily Bible reading, I'm good. I can face the world. It, it started as a discipline. Now it's a delight. Did you know if you talk to any person who works out on a regular basis, they'll tell you, yeah, you know, it was really hard in the beginning. It was a discipline in the beginning. But now if I, if I miss my workout, if I miss my run, I, I feel like, ah, oh, it goes from discipline to delight. Don't let the devil put you off and say, well, you know, the word disciple is where we get the word discipline. We are succeeding. We can put a check mark next to our assignment when we are discipling people who are strong and fully armed. Our goal is to make you strong in the Lord, strong in his might, operating in his word, fully armed. Speaking in tongues, prophesying, praying for the sick, healing the sick, operating the, releasing the miraculous. And then you take that and you guard your palace. What's your palace? Your palace is whatever is, is precious, whatever is sacred to you. My job is to protect my Liani, to protect my marriage. The devil wants to assassinate my marriage. He, he wants to... He's always trying to feed things. Even, even, even tonight, on, I'm no, no longer on Instagram. I got banned. Facebook, I'm banned. Twitter, I'm banned. <laughs> so I'm on this thing called Getter. And then now Getter has this, like this, like this video feed. And so this video feed comes up and, you know, they've got news clips and everything. So I click on this one and it has a 30-second news clip. And then the next clip is some, some girl in a bikini shaking a booty. And I'm just like, dear God. So... You know, you can. But then I'm not guarding the palace. God gives you power. God gives you armory. But you've got to take that power. And you've got to take that armory. You've got to guard the palace. Do you know your eyes and your ears are like 
the gates of your palace. I've made a decision. Nothing from the evil one, nothing from the devil is getting through the eye gates or through the ear gates is going to take out my, my, my palace, my family, my children, my beautiful pastors and leaders, my congregation. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. Just lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you for the anointing. I thank you for the presence of God. And I just want to just remind you that when Jesus died on the cross on Friday, like we saw so wonderfully in Hero, on Friday, Jesus atoned for your sin and my sin. Because of what Jesus did on the Friday where he was sacrificed, he died in our place, his blood was shed, you and I can receive forgiveness and you and I can receive everlasting life. That's what almost every church preaches and that's where almost every church I know stops. We don't just celebrate Good Friday, we celebrate Easter Sunday. Why do we celebrate Easter Sunday? Because the same Yeshua ben Elohim, the same Jesus, Son of God, who atoned for your sins on the Friday, was put into a tomb. And he rose from the dead. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He took the keys of the devil and he broke the curse. God cursed the earth, so Jesus was put into the earth because he wasn't just redeeming you and redeeming me. Where's that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked. A lot of people, if you ask them, why did Jesus come? They'll tell you he came to die for our sins. And that's true, but that's only part A. Because 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this reason, Jesus appeared on earth to destroy the works of the devil. On Friday, he redeemed you and me. But on Sunday, when he got up out of the he destroyed the works of the devil. What does that mean? That means that when you are born again, you don't have to limp through life and struggle through life and eke through life and, and live with an addiction and coexist with dysfunction and coexist with, you know, diabetes runs in our family. Well, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things... Not some things, not most things, all things have become new. You break that thing. Well, it's generationally passed down. Yeah, it's called a generational curse. You break that thing. You break generational curses of cancer. You break generational curses of depression. You break generational curses of anxiety. You don't have to live under this power for you as a Christian. You and I are called to walk in power. Jesus' last command is wait in Jerusalem. You shall receive power not many days from now. You're meant to walk in power. You're meant to operate in power. You're not meant to limp through life. I'm telling you, no matter what giant, no matter what devil, no matter what stronghold, no matter what obstacle faces your way, greater is he that is in you than whatever stands opposing you and in front of you. That's Christianity. That's the gospel. That's why it's good news that through Christ you're redeemed and through Christ you have power over all the work of the enemy. Come on one more time. Give Jesus a praise if you receive that. All right. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost, if you don't speak in tongues, but you would like that tonight, lift your hand, lift your hand, and the people around about you in just a moment, just a moment, are going to pray for you. They're going to pray for you. Now watch this, watch this. I, I promise you, Pastor Mike, I'll be 60 seconds. 60 seconds. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on the 2nd of January, 1989. I went to a prayer meeting, got prayed for. Nothing was happening. I said, God, why is nothing happening? They said, 
something hit me in the back. I open my eyes and I'm laying on the ground. I'm like, how did I get down? It was concrete. That's when you know it's legit. No catches on the concrete. And then this very lovely, pretty large American woman leans over at me and she goes, just speak in tongues, honey. And I looked at her. I thought, she's mad. She said, come on, just speak in tongues, honey. And I looked at her and I wanted to tell her, I don't know how. And I went, and she starts dancing. He's got it. Praise the Lord. He's got it. Oh, he's. She started, it was awkward. It was really awkward. For the next 30 minutes, I couldn't stop speaking in tongues. Paul says, when I speak in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. I used to think that God gave tongues just for my ADD. Because I would, I, would, I would try and pray. Oh, that's it. As a Christian, I'm going to pray. Lord, I'm going to pray. Jesus, I'm going to thank you for my, um, for, forgive me for all my sin. Man, I really like that yellow shirt. Man, that's a cool. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, Jesus. Sorry, hang on. We'll scratch that. I'll start again. Jesus, I just want to thank you. Man, I really like Leanne's shirt. So I would just, but the beauty about tongues, I could be thinking of the football, I could be thinking about what's cooking for dinner, but what's so beautiful is you're praying in tongues, the Holy Spirit is praying for you on your behalf. And when you, when you pray in tongues, it's unbelievable. <clears throat> when I would pray in English, I'd be looking, you know, at the time, you know, but when I pray in tongues, the time flies. And you feel like this burden, you feel this, this energy on the inside of you to, to, to pray. And you're and you go to stop and you're like, oh no, I feel like, I feel like there's something else. I got. And so you just, you just let him go. You let him go. I'm telling you, God answers my, my prayers. I'm like, wow, I was going to, oh, you know what? Shoot, I forgot to get around to praying for that, but thank you. And God's like, no, every time you pray in tongues... Because the Bible says you don't know how to pray as you ought, Romans 8.26. So the Spirit himself intercedes on our behalf with groanings and words that can't be uttered. The greatest gift, that's why the devil doesn't want you to have it, is when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, as you pray from your spirit, most, almost all prayers before you get baptized in the Holy Spirit is from your mind. You're trying to think, hmm, how do I kind of, you know, make God move? How do I bribe God with, Lord, it saith in thine word. And yea, verily, I'm speaking in King James English, which is more holy than the common street language. Yea, verily. And Lord, they, they, thou sayest in thine word that thou hast put thine... And so we're trying to do all that kind of stuff. And God, God's like, you know what? Just let you pray from your spirit. So those of you that, that want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, get ready. I want you just to, to lift your hand so that I know who, who I'm believing with. And then I just want everybody in the room to say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you tonight for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power. I thank you that the Bible says that if any man asks of God for the Holy Spirit... God will give him the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if a son asks his father for a bread, which father would give him a stone or an egg would give him a scorpion? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who touch him? 
uh, to, to those who ask him. Father, I thank you right now for the touch of God. Just, just put your hand on somebody around you. In the name of Jesus Christ, those of you that... Uh, have your hands up. I want you to receive the Holy Spirit, right? Oh, there he is. There he is. I see it. See it? And now just begin to speak from your spirit. Just begin to speak from your spirit. Let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. There it is. There you go. There you got it. You got it. You got it. There you go. You've got it, darling. Just begin to speak it out. There it is. You've got it, darling. You've got it. In the white shirt, you've got it. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it. You've got it with the hat there. You've got it. There you go. You've got it, darling. You've got it. Keep speaking. Keep speaking. You've got it, you've got it, you've got it. Shobrodo rege bobosekietiarama. Just begin to Paul says, when I speak in tongues, my spirit prays. Jesus says, You 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 receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll speak in new tongues, speak in new languages. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the baptism of power. We thank you right now. I hear the Holy Spirit saying he's healing somebody. He's healing somebody. That there's somebody here, there's a condition in your blood, and I just heard the Lord say, tell them I'm healing their blood. Right now as the Holy Spirit's on you, not only are you getting the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but he's cleansing your blood. He's cleansing what was, there was almost like a contaminant, almost like something got into your blood and and like a parasite. See, it's like parasites in your blood. God is healing. Every parasite die under the sound of my voice. Right now, right now, right now. Freedom. And, and, and you know it's you because you, you get terrible migraines and, and you, you get these dizzy spells. It's, it's, it's the... They said maybe it's a circulation thing, but it's a thing in the blood. God is healing you now. God is healing you now. God is healing you now. Father, we thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Come on, if you, if you got it tonight, give me a wave. If you got it tonight, give me a wave. Come on, look at all these people waving. So proud of you, so proud of you. What's your name in the red shirt? What's your name? Ryan? Lift your hands, Ryan. Is this your friend? Harvey, nice, nice to meet you guys. There's something very strong on both of you. Lift your hands, Ryan. Father, I thank you for Ryan. Thank you for Harvey, his friend. Lord, I thank you. Power rests on both of them. Power rests on both of them. And, and this is what I hear the Lord saying, Ryan, especially for you, red. I, see, I just see a, a man of God that doesn't run from the fire but runs into the fire. I see just a man who's a warrior, a man who's been looking for a mission, a man who's been looking for a purpose. And God says, I'm calling you today. I'm calling you. You're going to be like an assassin for the kingdom of God. You're going to go strategically and take down devils and take down strongholds and bring people out of bondage and out of darkness and out of addiction, out of burning, into freedom, into blessing, into breakthrough. That's what I see over you. And Father, I thank you for his friend, Avi. I thank you, Lord God, for the warrior. I thank you for the patriot. I thank you for the powerhouse. And this is what I hear. I hear God saying uh, that there's going to be breakthrough in your finances, that the enemy has tried to, to restore and inhibit you from doing great things for God through having you bound with not having money for this and having your debt canceled. I see debt being canceled and I see, I see checks being written to you with your name on it great checks, great blessing. You're going to know supernatural abundance, supernatural prosperity, supernatural blessing. Come on, would you welcome Pastor Michael as he comes. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.